With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, all you Tampa Bay Rays fans out there, and welcome to the Hit Show. My name is Dustin, and I am your host here. So much has happened with the Rays since the last time we had an episode released. The Rays went to Cuba on an historic trip, which was crazy. The Great Pumpkin, Dan Johnson, came back. So much to talk about. And, of course, obviously, the Rays are skinnying down their roster ahead of opening day, which is just days away at this point, and I'm super thrilled. On this week's episode, we're super excited to be able to bring you insights from one of the staff writers who's actually not Danny or myself, who I actually, I don't qualify as a staff writer, but Darby Robinson does. And Darby Robinson sat down with us a couple weeks back and articulated in his mind what the battle for first base looks like. So we're going to get right into this interview with Darby. This was conducted by Danny and myself a couple of weeks ago. We're super excited to talk about it. And again, thanks to Darby for taking the time to think through and to come onto the show and give us a rundown on the first base position. So without further ado, let's jump right into that interview. So Danny, we are super excited to welcome Darby Robinson to the hit show to talk to us about the battle for first base. Darby, I'm so glad you could come and park yourself here. (laughs) Absolutely. Glad to be here. That is a Parks joke. <laughs> I get it. Sorry. I get that, it. That was real bad. That was real bad, and I hope we edit it out completely. No, no, nope, that's, that's going to stay in. That's going to stay in for sure. <laughs> that is staying in. We can maybe work that into the intro somehow. Yeah. So, Darby, how is this battle for first base sizing up? It's interesting. Uh, it's, it's, and that could be good and bad. Take it every which way. Uh, we definitely have a lot of m- much more intriguing options this year uh, than last year. Main main guys are going to be Steve Pierce, the recently signed, uh, James Loney, who's back for uh, potentially one more year, and then Logan Morrison, who came over in the Brad Miller trade. Uh, those are the three big guys going for the job. Richie Schaefer is also kind of in camp, but uh, I I don't think any of us really expect him to be able to break camp with such a log jam and with an option and really could probably use some time back in Durham. So I think you got a three, three horse race, three good bounce back candidates and uh, see who of those three maybe actually bounces back. So among them, who is your projected starter of the three? I'd say if you're, if you're just talking opening day, I think Steve Pierce is your starter. Interesting. Um, But I don't think he's necessarily just locked in at first. He's a guy that obviously has played multiple other positions in the past. He's played second base. He's played corner outfield. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays third at some point this year. Um, He's, he's good defensively, at least league average for his career. 
um, but has had moments back in his his amazing 2014 season. He was worth seven defensive runs scored uh, at first alone, and so he he's shown to be more than capable of a, at first base. So I think if you were just kind of dialing up your best opening day roster, regardless of of hand, I think actually Steve Pierce is the guy that wins that. And that's based on the fact that we don't really know what James Loney is going to do, right? Yeah, I think Loney and, and and Lomo are two guys that, while while all three are coming off uh, not stellar years, um, to put it kindly for 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 some of them, I think Pierce has the least far to go. Really, he he has the best potential to bounce back to being a positive win player. Whereas, whereas we really don't know what we got in, in Loney, what he's going to bring, uh, or in Logan Morrison, but potential for both of them. So I'm a little bit curious because last year, Pierce's walks were a bit down, his strikeouts were a little bit up. What do you think are going to be his key challenges aside from the other two guys to, to make in, making the position? Uh, what, to get him back to being maybe not quite the five-win player that he was in 2014, but somewhere... Uh, kind of falling between the barely above replacement level player he was last year to the five one player of 2014. I think he just needs to hit left-handers better, uh, which he has for his career. Uh, to bounce back last year, he hit left-handers uh, at a 623 OPS, which is a full 200 points less than his career average, which is about. This 80. is as a right-handed hitter, right? This is as a right-handed hitter. So this is, you know, he should hit the offhand better. He has hit left-handed pitching really, really well for his career. And he has in the past before last year. Last year was just sort of a a bit of an outlier for him. So I do expect that to bounce back or at least have some positive regression there. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he continues to be a a decent to uh, above-average batter against right-handed or at least to the point where he doesn't need to be platooned i think that's a really well-rounded hitter that can play um really depending upon whatever pitcher is on the mound and you mix that in with solid defense which the rays always sort of stress he's not going to give you a negative um at first if you have to play him at first or in the corner outfield and he's his bat plays pretty much you know League-wide, different stadiums, different pitchers. That's a that's a good professional hitter that you want in the game most of the time. So do you see him as a Jose Molina kind of situation where the Rays have this perennial veteran backup that they're going to transform into a starting position player that's just going to all of a sudden be lights out amazing? Uh, <laughs> I, I would uh, – I'm pretty high on Steve Pierce. I'm very bullish on Steve Pierce. I do think he's going to get a big opportunity to do that. And I think with the Rays, I think they really value his versatility. Uh, not just as a first baseman, but you can get him into the game in a number of different places. Uh, that's always, anytime there's a versatile player, you always have the buzzword of Ben Zobris, the next Ben Zobris. But he, he does provide something uh, from multiple positions. Whether he's mostly at DH or at first base, uh, you could fill him in number of different places. And I think he's going to get a chance to really be an everyday player. Uh, I th- we'll see how well that goes. He's 32. He's coming off an oblique strain last year. Um, he's never really been that 
everyday starter, no matter what, rolling out. Uh, but I think the Rays are going to give him a chance to do that. And I think he's game to do the best he can. So what do we know about James Loney then? He was the incumbent starter. He had a couple injuries last year, was on the DL for the first time in his career, and never really got back into the groove. What's his situation? What's his health look like right now? He, he, I mean, he's coming into camp feeling good, looking good. He's lost. I, I've seen reports of as most uh, about 10 pounds, um, but also looking more uh, just in shape in general. He seems like he's moving well. And I, I see he seems very motivated to try to, to shake off that first sort of long term injury that he's faced. I'm sure that must have been really frustrating for him. Um, and I know it's he's kind of coming in trying to prove himself. Um, we know his glove can play. His his defense has kind of uh, regre- regressed quite a bit and has kind of had a steady decline in most defensive statistics the last three years. But he's still a, a pretty serviceable uh, defensive first baseman. And against right-handed pitching as a left-handed bat, he does provide quite a bit of uh, potential if he can bounce back from that injury. So let's dig into Logan Morrison's profile just a little bit. I mean, obviously, sometimes he, he he's sort of a binary player. Sometimes he looks like he's going to just crush it forever, and then then he's this mediocre guy. Who do you, who do you think we're going to see as the season opens? Uh, I th- I think if he makes camp, I think he's going to. If he breaks camp with the team, he's you're going to see both. Uh, I I would love to imagine that Logan Morrison finally is the consistent player. Um, but I think for at this point in his career, uh, I think you have to kind of go with that inconsistency and, and ride, ride him out when he's hitting really well and tearing the cover off the ball and hitting it well to all fields. And you have to kind of, kind of roll with the punches when he's struggling to make contact and, uh, not putting up really competitive at bats. He is somebody that has had his, probably his best, best years in Florida, um, potentially the good vibes of sort of the, the Rays, the more relaxed culture of the Rays, that could be something that really feeds into a guy that seems to be more of a, a, uh, a fun-loving type who needs maybe that sort of relaxed atmosphere to, to focus in. And with the Rays potentially using him as less of a all-around, reliable, everyday DH, but more of a guy that will get a lot of bulk appearances against right-handed pitching, Again, as a left-hander, he's going to get the majority of any kind of platoon uh, you you put him in. He's a guy that could potentially have a really successful year uh, limiting his appearances against those lefties, which he's struggled so, so mightily uh, against in the past. To me, Logan Morrison has always been a poor man's John Jay Soto. Do you think that's a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good comparison. I mean, I think you have more more natural walks from from Jaso to maybe a better batter's eye, but Morrison does pretty good at that as well. And you got a bit more power um, from Morrison. He's he's got really good. Uh, he's got a really good untapped power that when he taps into that, uh, really can sort of tear it off tear off the cover and and with the way John Jason kind of played well with the Rays and was such a big boost to that team when he came back from the injury you could totally see where Logan Morrison could fit in on this team and kind of that role could totally be right there for him 
if they all break camp, let's just where would you project them in the batting order? I think Pierce is a guy that the Rays are really going to count on to be one of those guys that really helps in the middle of the order um, behind Evan Longoria and Corey Dickerson. You could potentially see if he if it's a lefty on the mound, he's going to be one of your your prime guys. He's going to be in that three, four, five spot. You're going to want to get him in there. Uh, even against right-handed pitching, I think he's going to be still kind of middle of the lineup. Um, he he hits well. He will strike out, but he does draw walks really well. Um, Loney, even uh, against just righties, he's still not going to give you a lot of power. Hopefully he'll see a positive regression in in some of those doubles uh, that have sort of failed him. His ISO has been under 100 the last two seasons, kind of cratering out at .78 last mm. year. So hopefully that balances back a little bit um, if he only is facing, you know, kind of righties and, and facing those favorable matchups. But he's still a guy that you're going to put in, you know, seventh, eighth, uh, and potentially give you some contact down below. Um, and then with the, with Logan Morrison, he's, he's got a lot of power. He's somebody that you could put again, maybe a little bit less than the middle of the order, but, uh, still be one of your big run producing bats. It, it really comes down to the philosophy of the team where you kind of want guys, Loney, more contact, Logan Morrison, more power, less, less contact, more strikeouts. Um, but as it's sort of constructed, I'd, I'd put Pierce kind of right in the middle, Morrison a little bit below that, and then Loney's sort of your bottom of the order hitter, and you kind of hope for the best. When it comes to James Loney, I feel like 2015 was an aberration. 2014 is probably his floor in terms of what we can expect from him offensive-wise. Do you agree with that statement or disagree? I agree with one sort of minor caveat in the fact in the fact that I would hope that 2014 is sort of I think his natural talent floor uh but when you sort of get to the point where he is he's you know 32 years old he's getting a little bit older and you when you see kind of almost steady decline uh maybe not to the to the really injury shortened season of 2015, but a a pretty steady decline, even from the first year as a Ray to the second year to the third year, you might not see quite as big a bounce back. So I think 2014 as a fairly attainable floor, but one that he could still potentially fall short of, uh, if he's just doesn't quite have ever tap into that modest power that he does have. If he doesn't bounce that back, he's probably going to even fall short of 2014. But I do think that's a, that's a fairly attainable level for him. You mentioned some of the defensive stats have been on the decline. Uh, the stuff that we have available to us on fan graphs through the plus minus system, the stuff that we have available on baseball prospectus and their FRAA, uh, which I like to pronounce fra, 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 <laughs> But what else has been declining for James Loney? Is his contact rate still the same? Is his exit velocity still the same? We're, we're seeing some decline in that as well. His uh, One of the things I noticed that is a little, is, is definitely pretty concerning uh, when it comes to a batter who's never really had a lot of power uh, in his career. He's always kind of struggled in that regard, uh, is that his his hard contact percentage has just gone down steadily. Um, 
2013, his first year with the Rays, he was at 28.7%, which is, which is definitely pretty good. Um, good enough for sure. Um, and then now to 2015, it went down all the way to 18.8%. That's just really not quite, not, not there. Um, his, pretty much every number, if you look at it, uh, hard contact, exit velocity, uh, home runs for fly ball, to fly ball percentage, line drive percentage, um, pretty much every offensive number um, and, and uh, statistic is just seeing below career averages and a pretty steady three-year decline. Now, I do agree that potentially 2014 is more the, you know, you have 13 as maybe a bit of a ceiling, four, 15 is pretty much your basement level floor, uh, you know, kind of rock bottom, and then 14 as pretty much your standard, which would mean, you know, hard contact percentage of 24.5%. Again, acceptable, especially not as a uh, everyday player against lefties, potentially somebody that you bench against, especially tough lefties. Uh, and then with so many additions as right-handed batters that the Rays have made, you may not see him, uh, in, or at least in very limited amounts, against lefties at all. Ideally, kind of, you never see him out there um, unless in defensive situations. But if you kind of put him in good positions, he might see a little bounce back, but uh, that steady decline in every kind of form, especially hard contact, line drive percentage, uh, any kind of you know fly balls, any getting any kind of lift just seems low, and uh, has been the last three years. Ah, uh, but I want to believe, and it's not just because he's the guy who pulls out the saxophone in the clubhouse <laughs> when the Rays win. <laughs> I mean, clubhouse presence is important, but uh, and I've already said that. Absolutely nothing matters in spring training. However, he is two for two with two doubles so far this spring. He he even yeah he's he's hit pretty well in the first two uh, two games he's he's played. He he hit some doubles today. Uh, it, oh, it, has he played in two games? He played in two game. games. He actually had a hit in that first game too. Oh, fantastic! L- L- Logan Morrison as well. So they they've actually both been coming in. They've been hitting. Uh, I mean. Talk about small sample size alert, two games, uh, parts of two games. <laughs> parts of two games. Casey but at this point, been his, uh, first his, too, so. his 667 uh, average is, I think, very sustainable. And I think that's your floor <laughs> for 2016. Anything less, and I'm really going to be disappointed in both of those guys. Anything less, and you're fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Darby... One yeah. last question: Do you do you think that a Jake Bowers or a Casey Gillespie will will uh, see much time at first base this season? In the in the pros yeah. at the major league level, yeah. Do you expect these guys to to play much first base with these three big names in front of them? I I, I definitely do not. In terms of who is going to get the call, the first sort of call to come up to replace anybody at first, I think you got guys like Jeff Dacker. Um, as your sort of first off the bench, potentially first off uh, the Durham shuttle, um, he's he's a guy that I think has a real potential to potentially uh, do something here. Kyle Roller again, he has you know big body potentially. Uh, I think those guys get a look. Um, Decker and uh, Roller both are the perfect type of raise guys. Take a chance on, see what you get. Similar to a Joey Butler type. Um, potentially, you know, older guys that have, have been around, that have had cups of coffee in the pros, that have been around multiple systems, that that have put in some time and 
have seen a lot of pitches. And, and that's something that, you know, for short periods of time, I think the Rays really value. I think those guys get the call first. Then you get a guy like Richie Schaefer coming up, um, potentially as more of a long-term solution, maybe after those two guys. Uh, give him some run. I think, obviously, for his development, you want to see him get more consistent playing time. So I think he's below those guys. Uh, and then, failing all that, I think then you have the two kind of hyped prospects, the two really, really awesome guys, Jake Bowers and uh, Gillespie. They're kind of in that order. They're, uh, they're kind of 4-5, I guess you'd say, in that pecking order. So I don't see them coming up this year, but uh, you can never really know. So before we let you go, who at at the onset of spring training, whose starting first base job is it to lose? Or is it a completely open competition? I, I think it's a it, it's an interesting question because I think it's an open competition between James Loney and Logan Morrison, with Steve Pierce as sort of a he's in his own competition. I think uh Steve Pierce has has potential to see time at so many different positions uh, and has a really good bounce back potential uh, that I think he is obviously somebody that the Rays value. So I think he's making the team, Um, but I don't, he's obviously not going to be the guy that blocks one of those other first basemen Uh, Morrison and, and Loney Lomo and and Loney. Those two guys are pretty much only first base or DH. And I think it's going to be pretty much right down to who has the better camp, who has the better approach at the plate for what Kevin Cash wants to do with this team. Uh, I think that'll be the interesting thing for me to look at is with the Rays potentially aggressive approach, do they want somebody like Logan Morrison who can get you 15 to 20 home runs? Or do you want somebody that will give you some contact with with more strikeout guys uh, like Dickerson, like Souza, um, like Brad Miller? Um, you maybe want to have somebody that can be, get more contact. So I think you got your real competition is James Loney versus Logan Morrison. Winner gets the job. Losers potentially traded or DFA'd. Over under on Steve Pierce plate appearances in 2016, 450 go. Over and he'll get 451. Fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty much right in there, but I think he, he breaks it. But one last plate appearance. In October. In October. Darby, really appreciate the work that you put into the site and, of course, obviously preparing for this segment. We will look forward to having you back on the Hit Show for future reports. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I love those tremendous insights from writers like Darby. It's the kind of stuff that you get on the blog all the time over at DRaysBay.com. I also wanted to take a moment to just let everybody know that we are looking for ideas, thoughts, and feedback on the podcast. So you can obviously drop your comments for those of you who are regular readers of the blog right into the blog post when you see the hit shows gone live if you don't receive this on iTunes. We'd love to have your feedback. Of course, you can also reach out to us by Gmail. You can reach us at DRaysBayPodcast at gmail.com. We're happy to get your insights, your feedback, and, of course, your ideas. What can we cover on the show? What would make this a more valuable and interesting show for you to listen to? We're strictly coming at it from the standpoint of trying to serve the listenership, and that means your ideas are important to us. And they also help us find new listeners who are going to enjoy the kind of content that we put out on the blog as well as the podcast. Speaking of new listeners, it would be awesome if you, yes, you listening to my voice right now, 
would head over to iTunes and give us a rating over there. That helps us show up better and makes it easier for other Rays fans to find us when they're looking for podcasts. The big guys obviously spend money advertising and they get lots and lots and lots of rating and listenership. We're just trying to find Rays fans who want to hear us goof off, crack jokes, and and wax nostalgic about the great days in the past, of course, and the great days that are coming our way in the future. We've got a bright season ahead of us. So if you don't mind, head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and certainly encourage your friends to do so as well. That's going to do it. We'll see you guys next time on The Hit Show.